momentum is not always actively doing things that it's just as important to sit. I think a lot of the times like on those days where I'd have no momentum and I have no motivation and I'm lying around feeling bad about myself, like those are the moments where I have to snap out of it and be like, there's a really good reason why I'm resting. And I have to remind myself like, why am I resting right now? Welcome to the ADHD Lounge Podcast. Whether you are someone with ADHD or a learning disability or just curious to learn more, come hang out with us in the lounge. I'm Alex. I was diagnosed with dyslexia and ADHD at the age of eight, and I am the founder of Capable Consulting. And I'm Katie, founder of Women and ADHD and host of the popular Women and ADHD podcast. I was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of 45. You can also find the two of us over at the ADHDlounge.com, our all-in-one ADHD coaching community. In each episode, we'll be diving deep into the world of ADHD, discussing unique challenges, sharing our personal stories, providing support and resources, and bringing in experts to help us along the way. So grab your favorite drink, maybe a croissant, grab a seat, or start walking or cleaning or however you listen, because at the ADHD Lounge, you can come exactly as you are. Okay, we are back. It's just Alex and I this week talking about momentum. Last episode, if you haven't already listened to it, go back and listen to it. An amazing episode with Brooke Schnittman from Coaching with Brooke. Is that right? It's Coaching with Brooke, right? It's Coaching with Brooke. Yeah, she has the amazing Instagram account and uh, is an amazing coach. And we had a really great time talking to her. So if you haven't already listened to it, go back and listen to that. We talk about building and maintaining momentum. And Alex and I have our follow-up <laughs> episode. And we're laughing because we put off recording this episode so many times since. <laughs> Because yeah, we just we didn't have the momentum. We are really having a hard time with this one. I don't think it's that we wouldn't have enough to talk about because we always have something to say about any topic. We kept texting each other right. We were had this appointment. And I was like, I just don't have the can't bandwidth today. And yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> it's just not there. So why can we do it today? Is it because we're down to the wire? Because I feel like urgency is definitely one of the things we're going to talk about today. I was just going to say, I think it's the urgency that we have one episode that we know is going to go and we need time for our editor to do this one. I think there's that. I don't, I, who knows? That's probably more likely why we're doing it today. Accountability. I didn't want to let you down. True. I didn't want to let you down either. Yeah, I could have easily canceled on you today. My daughter is home, quote unquote, sick from daycare, even though she's been perfectly fine. And you probably will hear her in the background. Hopefully we'll be going down for a nap. But I was just like, don't cancel, Alex. Don't cancel. <laughs> We're not doing it again. Like we have to do. I like, Ugh. yeah, building momentum in January has been so much harder for me than any other year I can remember. And I'm glad we're talking about this because I actually feel like momentum has taken a different context because usually people with ADHD, when they think momentum, they're like running full speed ahead. January comes and it's like hyper-focused. I've got everything. I've got my routine. I am going to do everything every day. I'm going to, you know, like, it's like the people who like, I'm going to work out every day. I'm going to make my meals every day. I'm going to do all the things you set out for. And then you burn out by the end of the month. Mm -hmm. I didn't even get a chance to burn out because I feel like I never was able to start. We've had so many like 
snow days or delayed openings with her daycare. And I went to visit my sister in California. I just feel like I never started the way I hoped. And therefore, the momentum has looked vastly different than I was expecting. No, I hear you. I've had a similar experience with the month of January where it's just been, it's been dark. It's been cold. It's been, somebody's been sick. Like it is really, and, and I think a lot of that goes to show how like setting the scene becomes really, really important for us when it's not something that we're really enthusiastic about. Not to say that I'm not enthusiastic about this podcast or you or the these episodes, but I think there was something about maybe this topic that feels a bit obtuse or maybe it's because Brooke said it all and, <laughs> and we just were like, okay, just uh, I, I don't know. I think there's, it goes to show, like you were saying, like if it's not ideal, if we haven't set it up in a perfect way, it can be really, really difficult to talk ourselves into moving forward beyond the lack of interest, right? Or that lack of authentic interest. And we talked about that with Brooke. We talked about that authentic motivation. And so I think it is, you know, that's something to talk about with kids, right? Kids are momentum breakers. (laughs) Sick days, two hour delay. It's like, it's really difficult. I mean, you know, that's how I ended up getting my diagnosis was during the pandemic when I felt like I couldn't do anything because I didn't know when I was going to be interrupted by one of my kids because they were home all the time. And so, and before we hit record, you were talking about the momentum around having like, you know, the uh, waiting mode, right? So like, yeah. I, uh, all right. Where do we want to go with this? So we decided we were just going to hit record and talk about some of the things that work for us, some of the things that work for the clients that we've coached, but also, I guess, acknowledge. Being honest, like being honest with you and ourselves, like we are not perfect. We are also two people with ADHD who struggle with momentum sometimes. And I think that ebbs and flows is important to acknowledge because there's nothing perfect. I used to hate the phrase, and as someone who played a lot of instruments, I hated the phrase practice makes perfect because there is no such thing as perfect. You could do a better version for yourself. You can always improve, but perfection is not reality. And I think that when we're talking about building momentum, there's always going to be something that kind of makes you quote unquote, fall off the wagon. It's going to be those school breaks. If you have kids, it could be you go on vacation or you go on a work trip and now you have to jump back into your life. It's really hard to build a pace if what you've built is unrealistic and unsustainable. Agreed. Yes. And I think that's why it is so important to recognize and anticipate that it's going to happen. And also so that you're not like, feeling shitty about yourself all the time. And, yeah. and that's the biggest difference is if you're like, okay, this happens, there's usually a good reason for this moving on. We don't settle into that. Oh my God, I was on a three week streak and I broke it. So therefore I'm a terrible human being and I'm going to throw it all out. I could go on a hundred reasons why like diets don't work, but it's, it's that if it's like you have that one day that you don't keep up with it. you just feel like it's, it's all gone to shit, literally and figuratively. When we're talking about what momentum looks like, I think we need to be honest with ourselves as to what the realistic momentum is. Moving forward is momentum. 
And moving forward doesn't mean you're the Energizer Bunny burning out towards the end of the month. It's moving forward just to get to the next mile of where you're looking to go. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to building momentum, I'll, I'll say for me this year, usually January for me is go, go, go. So busy. All the people who like put me off from like Thanksgiving to Christmas that were basically like, yeah, let's talk next year. Usually January, the first week, it's like email after email. I'm on calls all day and I didn't have the time or the space for that. But what I did have time for is more research, was more time for me to really reflect on what is it that I wanted to do? Because I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, that sometimes when you are putting your head down, just staring at that goal, you realize when you look up, that's not the right goal. But because you are so hyper-focused on it, you don't even notice or look around to say like, that's not really where I wanted to take this. Like I could have gone in the same pace of what I was doing right before the end of the year, but I'm realizing that there might, there needs to be some tweaks as to what my business is going to look like in 2024, that had I not had this little break to really look around, that I wouldn't have noticed. Well, and I, I love what you said about that kind of cyclical momentum. And I actually talk about this. I talked about this on uh, with clients around productivity and understanding that, like you said, productivity is not always moving in a straight line forward that there's just as much time for reflection and rest is necessary. And it makes sense, right? And I always think about Kate Northrup, who is a business entrepreneur, and she used to have like a women's coaching group that I was a part of where she talked about the cyclical kind of spiral upwards of momentum and how women especially are very monthly in terms of our cycles. And so to think about our cycles in terms of our various phases, one of those phases is inward and resting. And the menstrual phase is like to sit and to think and to plan that act, you know, momentum is not always actively doing things that it's just as important to sit. And so um, I think a lot of the times, like on those days where I'd have no momentum and I have no motivation and I'm lying around feeling bad about myself, like those are the moments where I have to snap out of it and be like, there's a really good reason why I'm resting. And I have to remind myself, like, why am I resting right now? And usually it's because I've either just done something incredibly, you know, I've just come off of a hyper focus, or I've done something really, really busy over the last couple of days, or I'm leading up to something really big. And it's like, rather than feeling like I'm paralyzed, it's like I'm storing energy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I totally feel this. I was actually thinking of a very particular client who we would talk about this roller coaster feeling. And he was basically so impressive, really, really smart guy. But he was like full energy. When I when I talk about like Energizer Bunny, I mean, like this guy was, he wanted to be on full cylinders all the time. I'm like, but you crash every time. Like you are, you when you go that fast pace and you f- hyper-focus so much of your time, you burn yourself out so much quicker. It is a roller coaster. You are going up and down and up and down. And it's, I keep going back to food and like, almost like blood sugar. Like you eat 
a lot and then you have this like huge spike and then you crash because you were just you ate too much or you waited too long it's and and instead you're trying to look for that balance so that you feel more even keeled and i feel like that's one not exciting at all so it's really hard to convince anybody who has adhd like yeah let's be more even keeled yet at the same time people are like i would love to be quote unquote normal <laughs> what does it feel like normal people who don't have adhd I'm like that that is what it feels like. I don't know if you want it. Look, I'm not saying you you don't want to have that even keel feeling all the time. You, sometimes you need the excitement of the roller coaster, but how can we have less of a roller coaster and more of that even keeled feeling and not pushing through that it has to all get done all at once? And not sitting with it and not really letting things ruminate also again puts you in a direction you don't necessarily need to go in. It's like, oh my God, I was thinking the exact line, you're going to laugh at me. Do you, do you, this is going to date me too, but dumb and dumber. You're, if I say this line, you're going to like know exactly what I'm talking about. But he like one of them is yelling at each other. I don't remember who, who was yelling and who he goes, we drove a fifth of the way across the country in the wrong direction. Do you, do you remember this scene I've at never all? actually seen this movie. I'm sorry. <gasps> what? This is like so <laughs> classic. Okay. This is like classic millennial 90s movie to watch. But they're basically trying to find this woman who they think's name is Samsonite because of the luggage that she left behind. But mm. they were going in a direction and they were literally driving across the country and they drove in the wrong direction because they weren't paying attention. And it's like that. Like, you don't want to drive in the wrong direction. But you don't stop to ask. Therefore, you've already burned all that momentum in the wrong direction if you don't stop and take a rest and really think through what is it that I want. Hmm. I can't believe you haven't seen Dumb and Dumber. It's, I mean, I, I, I haven't seen it in like 20 years, but that's like I am not a Jim Carrey. I am not a Jim Carrey fan, I'm afraid. <laughs> that was, okay. I'm not a Jim Carrey He's fan, like, but that was like, if you're ever going to like Jim Carrey in a movie, it was like, that was so silly and stupid. I don't even like silly and stupid movies, but that one in particular is just like, I don't know. It's like, it's those movies that just are part of your childhood. You just remember. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I think I'm just that much older than you because I'm like thinking about like <laughs> Spinal Tap. Yeah, that one didn't do it for me. Yeah, exactly. If you said Robin Hood Men in Tights, I'd say... I'm all there. That was one of my favorites. Mel Brooks. Yeah, actually, I've never seen that movie, but <gasps> one of the lines from that movie is said in my household, like, at least once a day, which is somebody will walk into the room and go, how it me seems. And then somebody oh else will go, perfect every time. And I have no idea what that's in reference to. All I know is that it's a line from that movie, which I've never seen. And oh actually, I don't it's think anybody movie. in my household has seen that movie. But anyway, then how total- do they know? Oh, oh my god! <laughs> All right, total tangent. If anybody, if anybody is like looking to binge something like super silly, definitely go Men in Tights, Robin Hood Men in Tights before anything else, because that is like truly one of the funniest movies of all time. Oh, I could quote that movie forever. All right. What were we um, talking about? Momentum and motivation. <laughs> momentum in the wrong direction. Maybe that was the wrong direction. Yeah. Okay. So building momentum. What works for you when it comes to building momentum? So we talked about like setting realistic goals. Mm -hmm. For me, 
realistic goals are as simple as I humanly can. They are the bare minimums, my level one of doing something rather than nothing. Even if it meant that I rested far more in the day or I did more of a walk and talk, uh, like on the treadmill or walked around the neighborhood while I, while I was thinking, I just, I wanted to literally and figuratively find a way to move forward. So for me, I was mentioning the, I used to send people tons and tons of emails and it was like always trying to have meetings like that. And then thinking back, what do I need? I used my productivity time differently. I stayed away from my computer because I think the computer actually was the part that made it hard for me to have momentum. I kept changing my environment. Um, I sat, I've sat in a coffee shop at least once or twice a week since the beginning of the year because sitting in my home at my desk felt stale. So that's usually something that really helps me is just constantly changing the environment and allowing myself to say productivity doesn't look the same every day. And that usually helps me. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of streaks. Like, I feel like they really work, especially when it comes to building momentum, right? And so I think New Year's resolutions aren't the end of the world. I think they can be really helpful. And so, like, for instance, I, over the winter holidays, I turned 49. And so it's a big year for me where I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be 50 next year. What am I going to do? I really got to get my shit together. Like, this is it. (laughs) Like, this year is so much more pivotal than any. But I was like, what do I want to do to celebrate the kind of runway lead in into this huge milestone birthday? So I was like... I want to practice yoga every single day of uh, for the next year until my birthday. And when I was telling it to my husband and my kids, they all looked really panicky because immediately they were like, I don't know, every day for a year, that feels like a really like you're going to let yourself down if you don't do it. And and I, I get it, right? Like I think streaks can kind of backfire in a lot of ways. But one of the things we did, one of the things I did to make it really fun was my husband created this like kind of spirally mandala and he printed it out for me. And there's mm-hmm. 366 dots because it's a leap year this it's year. It's a leap year, yeah. So there's 366 dots that I can color in each day as I go along. So I've gamified it. I've made it this really pretty coloring thing that's on my wall. And I have a reminder that goes off every morning to remind me to do it. But the biggest thing, like you said, was to keep it really simple. So yes, I want to do yoga every day. But what is yoga, right? It's literally on the mat. Well, I was just going to say, if you are a yogi and anyone who's listening to this, I think people who don't do yoga think hot yoga (laughs) or they think like power yoga when yoga is so much more broad than that, like there's restorative yoga where you were literally on the mat meditating, supported with pillows. Like it's a lot of yoga is movement and it's building momentum, but it's not the same as like, I'm going to do hardcore endurance every day. So I actually don't feel like doing yoga every day is as hard as it think it sounds to somebody who doesn't know. 
Exactly. About yoga. Well, and for me, and it's like getting really, really clear about my goal, right? So my goal was not, I want an hour long workout every day because that's unrealistic. But my goal was like, I want an excuse to be on the mat in my body and out of my head Mm -hmm. every day. And I can do that. That felt realistic to me. That felt achievable. And so, yeah, being on the mat means sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's longer. Usually it's about 20 to 30 minutes. And so for me, like, again, it was like had to, my goal was not, you know, to get a six pack (laughs) in a month. My goal was to just be in my body every day. And so, yeah, it's been so much fun. I'm like coloring in my circles every day and I'll keep you updated as to, uh, as to how it goes over the course of the year. But like, I'm thinking about all the ways that we talk about when it comes to maintaining momentum, right. Which is like little small steps, keeping it simple and being really, really clear about what your goal is in order to kind of work backwards in terms of like, what are the steps that I can live with? Are you doing it at home only? Or are you going to a studio? No, I do it at home. I really like yoga with Adrian. She has like 12 million YouTube followers. Highly uh-huh. recommend her. She's lovely. She has this wonderful dog named Benji. She's been doing this channel for years and she's just wonderful. So she always has videos and they're always roughly 20 to 30 minutes. And so there's thousands of them. You can find whatever you want to do. I've been doing like a January challenge where she sends you a video every day. And it's been fantastic, right? Because it's like, it's not, it's not like I'm, I've hit the ground sprinting. It's really like, you know, just kind of a slow, slow unveiling. I remember when I first started dating my husband and I said I was into yoga. He was like, but yoga's not a workout. I was like, well, then you clearly haven't done yoga. Because if you've done a lot of different types of yoga, you know, like I had this one instructor who I absolutely love and adore. Um, His class on Saturday was truly the greatest joy I had in the week. His was the retreat I was supposed to go on on March 14th, 2020, which clearly did not happen. His class was, he would tell you what you were going to do. And you're like, yeah, that's not going to be hard. And then you're standing there for like 10 minutes. You're like, I think my arms are going to fall off. That This is the feeling, right? It's a mental piece, but you are so in tune with your body in a totally different way. I very much appreciate this goal and this momentum because, again, I think if you understand yoga, it sounds far more intimidating than what you're talking about. That email that you're getting, I think is really nice. It's also, it sounds like you could take this practice essentially wherever you went because yoga is so many things. Yoga is meditation. Yoga is, is movement of your body. I think what you're talking about in terms of the goal that was realistic for you and gamifying it is also really important. I was asking you if you went somewhere because I was wondering if that accountability was there. Like, who are you holding yourself accountable to? Is it your family? Who knows? Is it you holding yourself accountable because you want to color in your, your, your picture to like show what you've done? Like, where is the accountability to everyone and everything? I feel like you've had a few different layers based on what you're saying. Yeah, I think for me, there's a couple things that I've sort of built in 
which is I have a reminder that goes off on my reminders list on like my to-do list every day. So I get to click that off, which is also a nice little gamify, but oh, also like I, I cannot go, like it's really difficult for me to go to bed with some of those things check, not checked off. And so yeah. I know me well enough to know that if I put that daily reminder in there, I would have to check it off. So there's like a couple things that I built in. There's the daily reminder. It's the, uh, you know, it's the no- knowledge that I can, even if it's right before bed, I can do yoga for five minutes. Like that's yeah. the, it's not something where I, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm too tired. I'm going to skip it. There's actually really good yoga positions to do right before you go to right? bed. Right. And yeah. And so yeah. that accountability, I think again, the, it's really fun with the, with the sheet and filling it in. So, you know, if there is a day that I miss, that'll be the real challenge, which is like, how am I, how is the OCD side of my ADHD going to deal with a non-colored in circle. And I think that'll be an interest. I know it's going to happen and that I've prepared myself mentally for it to happen. So that'll be a, another thing for me to move through without shame. Grace. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna, yeah. You're going to give yourself grace and remind yourself that you've still built the momentum. And maybe what you do is you bend the rules for yourself, which is you didn't do one today, but you did a longer version tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of the 20 to 30 minutes, you did an hour or an hour and a half. Like you find ways to hold yourself accountable in a different way, but understand like it's doing something every day. Like there's very few things in life that are things you do every day besides eating, sleeping, going to the bathroom. I mean, like that's the joke when you have an infant, it's like all they do is eat, sleep and poop. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, those are the things you are consistently doing every day, hopefully. But other than that, hopefully brushing your teeth and like showering and hygiene things are in there too. (laughs) Maybe not for all of our ADHD friends, but at least close to it. So momentum can look like that. And momentum can look far less rigid. And I don't mean to say that what you're doing, Katie, is rigid because it sounds like you have built in the less rigid structure for you where by not saying you have to do 20 minutes to an hour each day, it's like just something Mm -hmm. I, I think is important. But again, it's about moving the needle forward and you setting those ground rules, you setting that structure, I think is also what's really important here based on the momentum we're talking about. For me, having the structure, even the way you've set it up, wouldn't work for me because I feel like I want to do something for myself and that gamified piece wouldn't be motivating enough for me mm-hmm. because I would feel too restricted. I do know several of my clients who would absolutely love what you're doing. And I think that I hope that a lot of the l- listeners are are taking that and actually doing something similar. Cause I think that there's, I think it's beautiful for me. I think that structure would just like give me like a lot of anxiety because if I were to miss something, I would feel like I've let everything down. So I try and do things more on a weekly structure of like, here's my goals for the week. And can I finish it within the week? rather than doing it within the day structure, because that gives me the flexibility of, I might have more time today. 
God willing, if my daughter would be in daycare, you know, I would do more within that day than I would if she was home. So if I didn't get to everything yesterday before, I'm like, okay, maybe when she's napping today, I can finish the two or three other things that I mentioned. I I set my goals and then I roll them over. The other piece I would say is I try and end my week writing out all the things that I did finish, all the things that I still want to do, and structure it in a way for the following week so I don't feel as overwhelmed looking into the following week. Because I feel like a lot of people start with Monday and they're already, like they have the Sunday scaries, they like are freaking out that they have all this stuff to do, but I try and do that before I get to Monday. So I have a structure that I can look at and clear out. And even as I'm saying that, I realized we were talking about that. If it's not perfectly set up, it feels chaotic Mm -hmm. and hard to start. And I feel like that's what I'm preventing myself from feeling because I took the, the extra steps on Friday to set myself up for success on a Monday. Mm. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, being realistic, but also being flexible. Um, And, and I think that we have a tendency toward rigid thinking. So it's a challenge. It's, it's a, it's work. Like it's, it's practice. It's something you need to practice at. It is something you need to practice at, but I was going to say, I think that's why so many people with ADHD will look at everything that an adult with ADHD should do. Quote unquote. I think it, I'm trying to remember who was it. It was Brie. It was like, who said should? That is the idea. I should be doing something like this every day. I should be doing one of these things. You should be doing something that works for you. And I think the fact that we have two different ways of doing this is really important to understand that there is no specific system that is going to work with every person with ADHD because we all have very different needs on what building momentum looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the other, you know, the other thing I always say to my clients who come to me and they're like, I just want the right system. And I'm like, the system, you probably have the right system. The system that works for you is the system that works for you. Yeah. Often working backwards and realizing like what it is that's working for you can be really helpful instead of feeling like there's something better out there. I think even just acknowledging that can be really hard because you want to be incredibly productive to some other person's standards when you realize that what's productive for you might look different. So you want to create that perfect system and feel good about it. But the one you're going to feel good about is the one that's realistic for you. So it's all balled up into the same concept. And I think what's really important is knowing the staples or what I like to say are the principles in building that momentum, like, you know, you need to gamify something for you. That's like a a strong principle for you in order to build momentum. That's going to be something that you take into anything that's difficult for you, no matter what the transition is. For me, I need to have the loose structure because I know that I have a hard time with time frames that are too rigid, that I feel uncomfortable trying to finish something in a time frame that doesn't make sense for me. That loose structure is what I take into all the things that are new and scary for me, that transition piece, because that's what makes sense for me. 
And that's the part that we really want to help people figure out is like, what are those principles that are applicable and, and can be applied to all of those different transitional pieces, all of those different challenges that you're facing. Yes, I I agree. And I was thinking about like in the ADHD lounge, we have the weekly planning, which covers a lot of that. But we also have the accountability check-ins, which are a couple days after you set your goals, being, you know, checking in and saying, did you get where you need to go? Do you need to pivot? Did something work or not work? And so often when I check in with somebody and they're like, no, I didn't do the thing I said I was going to do. And they immediately start dumping on themselves. And I'm always like, no, this is really important information. It's just as important to think about why you don't do something as why you did. Right. So like knowing what your barriers are, knowing, you know, why you didn't feel motivated to do something can be really, really important to say, okay, well, what do I need right now? Do I need a co-working buddy? Do I need to body double on this? Do I need somebody? Do I need help? Do I need to outsource? Do I need to do something else? Do I need to, you know, do I need some more urgency to this? Also life's not perfect. So there's always going to be things that like land in your plate that you're like, I was not anticipating this, which made it even harder for me to finish this task. But I think that even just acknowledging that and having a group of people in the ADHD lounge to be like, Oh my God, did this happen to anyone else? And everyone basically say, yeah, me like every day. I like, this happens to me all the time. And just knowing that it's not you. Cause I feel like when we are constantly in a space filled with people who are not neurodivergent and don't understand why it is so difficult to get started on something, they're like, just do it. You need to be surrounded by people who are like, no, I know it's hard. This is why we're doing it X, like doing it this way. Maybe this will be more motivating. Maybe gamifying it will be more motivating rather than someone saying to you on the outside, like, just do it. It's not Mm -hmm. hard to do your laundry. It's like, yeah, actually, it really, really is hard for me to do my laundry. Well, and that's why I think it's so important, like you said, to get back to the knowing your why and eliminating the should. Because so often Mm -hmm. the things that we struggle with are things that we really feel like we should be doing, but it's not interesting. I mean, really, it just comes down to that calculation. We are interest-based brains. We are interest-based nervous systems. So it doesn't matter how easy or important something is. If it's lacking interest, then we got to bring in the resources to help us. And, And it's when I think about that in my own life right now, I'd be lying if I said there was no shame, but I feel like, <laughs> but, I I feel, but I, but I, but at least I can kind of recognize what it is and then I can step outside of it eventually and say like, here you are dumping on yourself again for something because you're having difficulty with it. Right. As opposed, and then I can usually then pull myself out and say, okay, what do I need? You know, like, obviously, this is not something I'm interested in doing right now. It's lost its sheen, but it still has to get done. So and it's almost like the adult is talking to the child in my brain at the same time where I'm like, is this fun? No. Do we still have to do it? Yes. (laughs) So how are we going to figure it out? And it becomes and then it becomes more fun to be like, how are we going to figure out this problem? Like then it's almost like that alone starts to make it more interesting because it's like, what? okay, let's get to work figuring out how we're going to get get what we need to do this. But so often it's people feeling like I should be doing this. 
I find that I talk to myself out loud a lot to my therapist. I'm like, well, this is the scenario, but I would never let my clients talk to themselves like this. This is what I would say to them. And she was like, do you need me? And I'm like, yes, I need you. But it's like, because I don't, I don't listen to myself. (laughs) Right. It's so hard to listen to myself. The thing is like, I say this a lot. You intellectually understand, but emotionally have a hard time connecting to the same thing. Like it's so much easier to say all of these things. And it is to do it for myself a lot. I was totally beating myself up yesterday. I mean, this whole week, I, um, as I mentioned, I went to California for like three days. So that's like a six hour flight there, six hour flight back, which by the way, I hate United for a whole lot of reasons, but those seats are teeny tiny and I'm five foot one. So I feel like they're made out of cardboard too. They're so uncomfortable. They're so bad, but I am five foot one and I can't cross my legs. What does that tell you about (laughs) how tight those seats are? Anyway, so I had to do that. And then I was like on their time zone and like came back and I jumped back into mom mode and I was staying with my sister. So I was like really in mom mode there too. I just like did not catch a break. And I loved going and seeing my sister and I love seeing my niece. So my sister is listening. I am not mad that I went. I'm very happy that I went, but like coming back, it's so hard to really jump in. And I took like a two hour nap the other day and I woke up and I was like, did you seriously just take a two hour nap? Was that helpful? And I had to sit up and say like, yeah, actually, you know what it was. And then I did like two to three hours worth of work, but I was so overtired that if I had used that two hours sitting at my computer, I wouldn't have done it either. That was a form of productivity that I needed. I just used it at a different time and it helped that my daughter actually was in daycare that day. So hard. I know I've been complaining about that. I love, I love her. I love my daughter's daycare too, but it just. No parent should want to spend 24 hours a day with their child. Don't worry. You don't have to explain to me. Oh, you I, your child in daycare. Yeah, no, I, anyone who's a stay-at-home parent, I, I, or a single parent, I bow down to you. You are truly incredible. I really, I have so much respect for anyone who is in that boat. It, it is, I also feel like I need to say to anyone who does have children, it's okay to be bored. There's only so much I can play on the floor with, with, the wheels on the bus. And I've ran out of all the things that people do on the bus. So, you know, like there's that too, (laughs) that that really is very hard for my motivation. Now watching her learn is exciting and I want to do that, but yeah, it is, it has not been shiny, bright rainbows and unicorns and leprechauns or whatever you'd like for January 24. Not to say that there haven't been amazing things and I'm not excited about all the things. It just because it looked different than how I anticipated, I want to look at it and say, like, this isn't great. And instead, I'm like, no, this was great in a whole different way because you've taken different time to change the goals, to change the motivation, to change the direction of the things that you're doing. And had you been going, 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 you could have written like rode in the wrong direction. And I feel like there's something in the universe that stopped me from like being the version of me at the end of the year. Cause even I said to you, I was like, I burned myself out this year. Like I just, I just did. And I don't feel as burnt out 
at the beginning of the year than I did at the end of the year because my direction changed. Mm. So it was very philosophical. Well, hopefully there was something, a teachable moment in this episode. I'm glad we got together. I'm glad we recorded it and we did it. And uh, was it, is it the best podcast episode ever recorded in history? Probably not. Uh, But we're not winning any awards for this one, but that's okay. We're real. We're raw. We're real people. And I think that's what's important. I hope people listen to our podcast and feel like they're just sitting with their friends and just right? yeah. like, yeah, been there, done that. I feel that. Okay. So what is your, is it, is it me moment? I kind of spoiled it a little. You did spoil it a little bit. Hopefully people will have short-term memory and forget that we said at the beginning. <laughs> um, yeah, that working memory. So for me, that waiting mode is really hard. I always have, if I had an appointment at like 10 o'clock, I feel like by the time I got home from dropping my daughter off at daycare, I had an hour. I couldn't actually do something in that hour because I would get too hyper-focused. I had to do it after the meeting, that waiting mode. I was like, I, I don't want to get into a hyper-focus right now. It's going to be a waste. So I'm going to pull out and and like lose that momentum or I'm going to forget that I have that meeting. But that waiting mode really, really kills me sometimes. And I frustrated by that. So yeah. I bet it's not just me. No, I mean, I feel like, uh, I feel like that's something a lot of people in the ADHD sphere talk about. And I certainly experience, which is if I have an appointment at noon, uh, it's really difficult for me to do anything before it. Um, and yeah. And sometimes you're like, Oh no, if I do catch the momentum, am I going to miss the appointment? So I have alarms out the wazoo whenever I have any, I mean, the first thing I do in the morning is I look over my calendar and I set alarms on my watch every for like 10 minutes before every single appointment. And then on the, the actual moment of the appointment, because in those 10 minutes, I will easily lose track of time. I think what you're talking about is very true. Like that, just that needing to be in, in a kind of deep focus mode and having a hard time getting there. And I'm craving it. So it's like really frustrating because I'm much more productive in the morning after I've had breakfast or whatever. So I usually try and if I'm feeling that craving of hyper-focus, I'm like, okay, what can I do again to build that momentum of moving the needle forward? I do things that don't require me to like sit down and hyper-focus at my desk. I'll do things around the house. Like, okay, I'll hyper-focus on cleaning for 30 minutes and I will feel the buzz I needed. But again, I also set those alarms <laughs> constantly because otherwise I am out. All right. What about yours? I have a playlist on Spotify and it's every year I update it. So it, originally when I first started, I think it was when I was 45 and I just started a playlist where I was like every song I've ever really, really loved in my entire life where I've had to like stop and be like, Oh my God, I need this here, this song. This, this is life changing. <laughs> it's so, and every year I update it. So I recently just updated it. It's now called 49 Years. There's like 300 songs on this playlist. Oh my God. So every time I'm I'm in the car, I play it 
And it just brings me so much joy. But one of the things I've noticed, which I think is totally a neurodivergent thing, is like I'll get halfway through a song and realize I wasn't paying enough attention to the song because I was too (laughs) distracted. And I'll be like, I have to start over. Half like either halfway through the song or when it's over, I'll realize I didn't appreciate it enough. I wasn't listening enough to the song. And so then I will start it over to be like, okay, now I'm gonna give it the attention it deserves. And sometimes I'll lose focus again and my mind will drift but like I was like I am so this is so relatable Katie (laughs) oh my god I've done that so many times you just like you didn't feel the emotion you needed to feel while listening to the song because you just like you yes I I have done that so many times and I could tell you the songs that it was like I used to do that with the Hamilton soundtrack a lot I was like wait but I really enjoy this lyric. I need to go back to this one. Yeah. The Greatest Showman soundtrack is like my favorite oh, soundtrack of all time. And it's so good. But the This Is Me song, yes. both the original and yes, the Kesha yes, version yes, 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 are yes. on my playlist. And that's one of those songs that I often will start. It'll start and I won't realize it. And I'll have to start over. Because it was like, I could not listen to that song for like two years without crying. And I almost thought about taking it off my playlist because I listened to it in the car. And I was like, this is not safe. Like I'm always crying when I hear that song that and that song praying by kesha that is another one where i'm like i will always start crying but that song is particular is one of those ones where i'm like oh no we got to start over because i need to belt it this time (laughs) defying gravity from wicked is that song for me are you excited for the movie version i'm very excited for the movie but i'm also like i i don't want to get disappointed also yeah. they're doing it in two parts which i'm like why really yeah i just read right. recently they're doing it in two parts i saw i saw wicked three times i saw the original cast so i saw adina menzel and 30 seconds into the intro i leaned over to my friend who i was seeing it with and i said i love it she goes it it just started i was like i just i know it i feel <laughs> it in my bones i'm gonna love this <laughs> But Defying Gravity, watching Adina Menzel the first time, I I cried. And every time I hear it, I that is a song I will go back to 10 times over. And I'm like, I have to feel every word. I have to cry with it. I have to like, ugh. No good deed goes unpunished. That whole like that whole soundtrack. I highly recommend so making a soundtrack of your life. Because it's just basically any song I think of where I'm like, oh, I really like that song. Like where it gives me goosebumps or it's like, well, those songs that but just like bring out bring a real emotion back. in me. Yeah, it brings me back to that time in my life. So there's like Casey and Jojo from the 90s. Yeah. Oh and my, like, oh my God. <laughs> like it's all wow, songs from my soundtrack. whole life. Like it's really, I highly recommend uh, creating a Spotify playlist just for yourself. And it's like all these that private so memories funny. from like past boyfriends and all these like, oh yeah, it's very... It's lovely. Yeah. I feel like I, I don't know if this is like an ADHD thing. Well, I just added another one too. <laughs> is it just me? But I feel like if I hear a song, it will immediately every single time bring me back to the first time I heard it. Like I could tell you, I'm like this one, I was in eighth grade. Like this one, like I, I know who I was with when I like listened to that song for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if that was like, I don't know. Maybe that is a neurodivergent thing, but I could tell you any song like that that would have been on that playlist. I could probably name every one of those songs for me of like where I would have been. I wouldn't be surprised. Obviously I'm 
I don't know. I'm not a... (laughs) I haven't done any studies on this, but I wouldn't be surprised if there is a connection between poor working memory and like some of the other senses that bring memories back to us. Like scent is like, you know, you know, smells are one of the things that are very, very closely related to your amygdala and um, emotional reactions to things. So it's like scent songs and photographs, right? Like how we are really, really, attached to photographs because they immediately bring us back to something we otherwise probably would never have thought about or remembered if it wasn't for it. And so I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a heightened sense of intensity for neurodivergents who really struggle with working memory. I don't know. Maybe there's a study out there. If somebody's heard of, if somebody knows about this uh, connection, please reach out. Let me know. (laughs) I definitely would love to know that. I feel like my memory when it comes to music is, is insane. I mean, like, I remember songs that I used to study to, like, I could tell you what subject I was, I was like studying for, like listening to certain soundtracks. A lot of Dave Matthews fans. Oh, I could tell you like the song I lost my virginity to. I could tell you those. (laughs) I could tell you the, all the songs that played at my prom. What was the last song of the night? Like on my wedding soundtrack, like all of those things are so important. Yeah. My long-term memory on that is so good. I to- I could probably do all of the same. So you just added another, is it just me? I- I'm so curious, especially because I have a lot of clients who like struggle with their like short-term memory. I'm curious how they would react to this version of it. So, and if you want to know what other people's reactions are to the, is it just me? We have a whole section of this on the ADHD lounge and you should see some of the comments that come up on here. It is so fascinating. I'm someone who's known I've had ADHD since I was eight. And I, I am like discovering new things that are not just like Alexisms. I'm like, Oh, other people do that. It is so fun. Yeah. It's part of, it is part of the flair of being a part of the ADHD lounge community is getting to connect with other people who you can really relate to in a lot of different ways. Here, here. I totally agree. Actually, you just reminded me, I think I'm going to share my Spotify playlist. Uh, oh in the lounge. yeah. Oh, you should. So totally if you want, that. if you want to hear my 49 year playlist, uh, <laughs> you have to join the lounge in order to do it. But yeah, it's a lot of fun over there. And we're getting we're building and maintaining momentum together it's working really well the co-working the body doubling sessions are definitely the most popular right like i feel like yes, definitely. i'm always amazed at not only how much work i get done but how many of the members show up consistently and are really you know it's a really incredible tool yes and now we're doing it five days a week we used to do it three days a week so now it's five days a week. And it's not just like during quote unquote working hours, we have some nights that people are doing things. So I'm, we're watching people like meal prep and do laundry at night too, which I think Mm -hmm. is really hard and also less lonely in a lot of ways. So I think it's, it is definitely the most populated piece of this community, which I'm really glad because it means that people are actually building that momentum with other people. Yeah. And well, and the thing that I love about our community too, is that there's, it's basically a virtual meetup room and you can go to the meetup room whenever it doesn't have to be at a certain time like zoom. So you just like the meetup room exists. So members will just go and arrange to body double with each other. If it's not happening during the official 
times that we have during the weekday that are actually hosted. But I love the fact that you can just go because oftentimes the accountability exists and just sort of showing up and anchoring myself in the meeting room. So even if nobody else is there, it's still effective. And so yeah, I just I like the that fact much. that, yeah, so I like the fact that that exists for all the members too. But I've also seen people starting to comment like, oh, I, I can't show up at this time, but I really wanted to do something. Does anyone else want to join me? And we've definitely seen people sign on at different times. Yeah, so, we have a whole section of, you know, want to be my work buddy where people can make arrangements to to body double together. It's it's really awesome. Obviously, we're biased, but <laughs> we hope that you will check out the ADHD lounge. Katie, do you want to tell people what our next episodes are going to be about cuz I think this is going to be just such a hot button, exciting topic to talk about. It, it, I'm super excited. These are some of my favorite women. So uh, both of them were were um, interviewed on my podcast and also Tracy Otsuka's podcast. Their wife team, super neuro spicy duo from Omaha. And Kaylin Johnson is a pharmacist and her wife, Marnie, is a personal trainer and they're both autistic ADHDers. One of the things that, you know, I wanted an excuse to <laughs> talk to them together because they're so great. So we, what we're going to be talking about is like developing a holistic ADHD treatment plan. And so taking into consideration medications and taking Kaylin's expertise on what medications are right for me, how do I build a treatment you know, a support team? What does that look like? Who do I, who helps me with accountability, all of that stuff. And then Marty brings in the side of the physical movement and under, she really, really works well with the neurodivergent brain, especially when it comes to building and maintaining momentum, which around exercise, because it's important and not always interesting, is one of those things that a lot of us struggle with when it comes to consistency around movement and taking care of ourselves and nutrition and all of that. And so actually, she's my personal trainer, you know, full disclosure, she has just been life changing to work with her. She's so great. They're both wonderful and adorable. And um, they have a really cute dog named Yoshi. And <laughs> I there I just adore them. So next month, in the community in also, um, you'll be hearing about it later on this podcast, we're going to be talking to them about kind of how we build our support team and our treatment plan and what that looks like, because it's very different for everybody. And what's really cool, just to go back to not only that topic, but if you want to participate in the ADHD lounge, you actually get to listen to them live and you get to answer you get to ask them your own questions. So that is one of the benefits of being part of the ADHD lounge is getting to be a part of those roundtables and meet our experts and ask them questions. Cause I know, I know just from my clients alone, how many people have these exact questions around this support system. So you should join us there and participate live. Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the most important parts of their treatment plan, as far as I'm concerned, is education, right? Knowledge is power mm -hmm. when it comes to neurodivergence and why we bring in experts every month so that we can talk to them and learn more because the more we know about who we are and how our brains work, the, the better we can lean into what works for us and, and get rid of some of the systems that don't work for us and eradicate a lot of the shame that many of us have felt when things don't 
go our way. A hundred percent. Yeah. The expert roundtables have been fantastic. Uh, as you probably know, if you've been listening to this podcast. All right. We hope to see you in the lounge soon. Take care. And that's a wrap for this episode of the ADHD lounge podcast. Thank you for listening and make sure to join us over at ADHDlounge.com. We've got resources, co-working, workshops, and a community of amazing ADHD folks just like yourself. And you can also attend these recordings live where you can ask questions and join in these discussions as they're happening. So make sure to head over to the ADHDlounge.com to join us today and you can find that link in the show notes. And if you've made it this far and you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback means the world to us and it helps us reach more listeners who could benefit from these conversations. Seriously, do it. Go now before you forget.